0: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Dude, how much of your time was spent and how much
1: was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes it. great things great And that would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God
2: bless you and Roll Tide. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992 winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show.
1: Yeah, well, um, you know, we we don't really play those guys all together in run-down situations. Um, You know, we play two of the three, and uh, obviously, you know, that's part of it. Um, but, you know, I, t- I think until you get to third down and every team has kind of a break point of when they're not running the ball, you know, on third down very much. And we can still stop the run with stunts, uh, but there's different kind of runs on third down, too, that you have to stop. So, um, you know, we work a little each week on those guys being in the game and being able to stop the run. But, you know, that's a specialty package for passing situations, so, um more difficult to play if it's if there's a threat of the run you know on on a a, a down and distance so we have a break point we'll put them in the game we're always prepared if we can't substitute on third down to play with the nickel people that we have in the game um, and most of the time it's at least two of those guys
3: cheetah package, cheetah package. Nick's <laughs> Anderson Turner Brasswell. Mm-hmm. Sounds like an accounting firm. They're account- going to be accounting on Hooker tomorrow, yeah, aren't they? Could be, hey.
4: There could be some accounting numbers. It
3: sounds too. like the law
4: firm that's been suing me.
3: Oh, how, just that one?
4: Oh, sorry. <laughs> they hey, may welcome, be one day.
3: <laughs> welcome. The, by the end of the show, we'll all be on that lawsuit. Welcome into the Jay Barker Show, the Jay Barker Radio Network. Matt Coulter here, along with, and you've heard mm-hmm. him, Tony Curry mm-hmm. and Lars Anderson. Hey. Guys, beautiful day, great weekend. Yeah. Almost makes me want to sing Rocky Top. Mm. I can't do it. But you know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very honest with you guys. It's a catchy tune. I mean I I hate hearing it, particularly in at the end uh, of the day. Of all game. the
4: things that I hear in the college football, um of all the things I hear in college football, uh, it's the one thing that's probably the least annoying: uh, the bells, Mississippi State, the cowbells, get on my nerves. Uh, oh, the, that oh, is, the, the, that bo- is that is annoyance. No, the one Oklahoma is Boomer the, the Oklahoma Boomer Sooner, that oh, is really annoying. I, I grew up with that, and okay, yes, I was so happy. I, I about was, to, I was on dun, on dun, so happy that they got. Yeah, an, they get a
3: three-yard
5: yeah. gain. Boomer oh. Sooner, Boomer Sooner, and get ready for that in the SEC,
4: Tony. Yeah, Seminoles, I can get over that a little bit, but uh, yeah, of all the things, maybe it's because I've just been so much around it. I, right. I, I did two interviews in Knoxville and two in, in uh, Chattanooga yesterday, uh, because people know how much I've been up in Tennessee, so I'll talk do, about some of those interviews as well.
3: Do they play Rocky Top when you come
4: on? They as, don't. As your walk-up song? No, they, uh, they don't, actually.
3: Do um, y'all remember, I just had one of those old man flashbacks, do y'all remember when the Boomers Sooner wagon got onto the field? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
4: Rolled, and uh, rolled over?
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it looked very cartoonish, but didn't they flag him 15 yards? Yeah.
4: And I think, yeah. I think one Jay Barker used to actually have uh Rocky top blaring through the speakers when he was practicing. I know Brian yes. did it. Yeah, Jay, Jay,
6: did, uh, Gene Stallings play Rocky top full tilt? Oh yeah. I and mean, we, we've actually talked about it many times on the show that, um, that was in our training room and our workout, uh, room, uh, weight room area uh in the indoor facility outside while we were practicing and the only place it wasn't was in our meeting rooms it would have been way too much of a distraction but uh it was just made to be a big deal uh mike dubos every monday we had the uh, tennessee game and you you could really tell from our coaching staff how important this game was because they all played or coached under coach Bryant, and they i mean this game was looked at as the biggest game of the year for us uh even outside of auburn auburn was big but it, it seemed even bigger inside the facility that week and coach dubos would get up and he would give us his kind of overview of all the players a breakdown of both sides and all three phases of the game and by the time he got done with that meeting you know how passionate he was and uh, a lot different as a defense coordinator than he was as a as a head coach i don't know what happened he he kind of got soft as a head coach than he was as a uh, as an actual uh, defensive line coach and all the defense linemen that played for him it would tell you that but uh, he would get up and have the speech and we'd walk out of there ready to play. I mean, we were that fired up about it. And then from there on, it was rocky top everywhere you could possibly think about hearing it. You're going to hear it all week long. And I think that the psyche behind that was to get you so, yeah, I guess, uh, just so over it that uh, you, you didn't want to score the entire game uh, when we played uh, Tennessee. But it was definitely a lot lot different than it is now. The guys on the scout team would put tees on their helmets and white tape. Uh, they wore orange jerseys. I mean, they even put the names of the guys, the main stars, on the back of their jerseys and tape and uh, just played it up uh, to a huge ordeal. And it was always that third Saturday in October when we played, and the leaves were changing and the colors and uh, everything is, you know, when you traveled there to Nashville, definitely you could see the difference uh, that uh, fall had arrived. And um, yeah, it, was, it was an amazing Amazing week of practice and and, uh, expect our expectations as well from the fan base to win that game and to keep the streak alive at that time. We had seven uh, straight wins. We pushed it to eight non non losses, I guess it was, um, because of the tie 93, and then continued to win after that. But um, it was a a great week and a lot of fun.
4: They are fired up up there, uh, having done uh, four interviews uh, yesterday. and and they were super nice to me, and they they wanted obviously the, to hear the Alabama side of everything, and I, I, we, we didn't get into a, a, a shooting match. I know when Jay and I were working together, we used to actually do bets with our sister station up in Knoxville. Mm. Um, but they're they're being very. Uh, and maybe what was, would the bets be? Uh, Sometimes we do ribs, you know, stuff like that.
5: So oh, yeah. um, no,
4: get, no, no the, getting the, the, up on billboards or anything. No, no, those days. Why? We were going, why have to bet? Don't even have to streak through Knoxville. <laughs> It's <laughs> I think yeah. one, one year I had to to, to rub uh, old Smokey's belly for a week or so. My, anyway, <laughs> or at least I thought it was Smokey. Um, right. So at least uh, thought it was his belly. But they they they, they are being very. Listen, uh, a rivalry only works when two teams hate each other. They're both really good, and uh, and it happens for a period of time. Right, uh, and this has not happened in in twenty six years when we had that 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 six seven game back in nineteen ninety six, and of course Tennessee wins the national title two years later, and Alabama was down a little bit, uh, so so the rivalry's out the door, and I, I think they know that. I think there's the really smart Tennessee fans are like. Pump pump the brakes a little bit. We're having a wonderful year. It's been fantastic, and much like you said on Wednesday, Lars. If they lose this game, it's not the end of the world uh, for either team. Uh, we don't want to say that on radio because we want to make it sound like it's it's like the game of the century. Uh, but they they were very very nice. And but but there there is a very quiet confidence uh, with the Tennessee Volunteer program right now, and it certainly helps that Bryce Young is on some type of pitch count right now. Uh, I, I I still am wondering is a sixty five or seventy percent Bryce Young better than a hundred percent? Jalen Milrow at this point, because Jalen's now gotten some experience. He knows what he did to screw up last week. He knows he needs to win his box and stay with himself and let the people around him and trust them uh, make their plays. Uh, So I I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I think it's going to fall right on the number. I have a big play. Are you surprised? Are you surprised? Speaking of the
5: number, are you surprised that it's gone from the seven and a half down to seven, meaning money is moving toward Tennessee.
4: No, uh, roughly 500 grand needs to be bet to move a line about a half a point. That's about right. And, and, and I think it's going to sit right around six and a half, seven, seven and a half. I don't think it's going to deviate outside that at all. I, I don't. Um, but I, 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 I love the under in this game. Uh, and I can't believe I'm saying this, and I was going to use this as a tease, but we'll do it right now. I don't think Alabama wants to get into the shootout. And what I mean by that is if you're in a shootout, that means Tennessee scoring points. And I don't think Alabama wants to do that. And it's really rare to say that Alabama doesn't want to get into a shootout because that offense has been so dynamic for so long of a period of time. Uh, but with a quarterback, we really don't know what we're going to get yet. We don't know if he's going to do one series and his shoulder's going to hurt and he's going to back out. We don't We don't know if all of a sudden that adrenaline's going to start pushing, he's going to get a shot in the arm, the uh, shoulder's going to be good, and he's going to all of a sudden be slinging the football over the place. Um but I don't think Alabama – I think Alabama feels much more comfortable. I think they win more comfortably, whether it's one point or 17 points, if they can do some ball control, and I think Jamar Gibbs is a big part of that.
5: Yeah, I agree. Um, look, Alabama, a lot of people around the country aren't focusing on this, but Alabama is the number three rushing offense in the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're just getting better and better each week. The uh, offensive line is uh, being playing more cohesive. It's sounds just like, like the Bengals. It sounds like the Bengals. Yeah, it's just like they, uh, um, you, you know, it, it, an offensive line has to gel. And and Jay, you know that better than anyone. And um, it, it seems as if they are really starting to hit their stride as a unit. And uh, when you you have a home run hitter like Gibbs, uh, I think he could have a really big game. And I think even if Milrow is, is the is the starter, I think Alabama is going to move the ball up and down the field. The key, which is the key every game, don't turn the ball over. Yeah. I mean, if they don't turn the ball over against Texas A and M, they beat A and M by three touchdowns.
3: Mm-hmm. I, really, I, I really, I really, think maybe that. even more.
5: Um. Yeah, because it, it
4: took all their momentum out.
3: Well, and, four took, and, and, and I think
5: uh, and it
4: took four possessions away from them.
5: And, I, and my, which my, I, I guess they're scoring on at least two. Yeah. Uh, right. and I know Jay. You, you can't really talk about this, but you do have some inside connections on that coaching staff. Um, my gut tells me that either Milrow has known he's going to start all week or he hasn't, or, or 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 Bryce has known he's going to be able to play. And I, I think if Milrow has been getting, you know, the majority of the first-team reps, uh, I think he'll be much more comfortable in uh, making his second start on the road. And, uh, I, I mean, I was just texting with a, a buddy of mine in Nebraska and he was like, man, Tennessee, this is finally their year. And I'm like, I don't think so. I don't think so. And uh, I gave him a list of reasons why I don't. But uh, I, I, I think Alabama,
3: in my view, I think they win this game comfortably. I do. It scares me when you say stuff like that because that means you're going to put money on Alabama. and That means everybody's <laughs> going to lose. So there you go, Lars. So, well, hey, by the way, the line yeah. that I'm looking at on the ESPN score page now has Alabama 8. Yeah. And the total is 66. Do you like the under?
4: I love the under. Uh, I really do. I mean, I picked 35-28. I realize it's not a lot of wiggle room, but I think there's a late garbage touchdown that comes in, but I I think it's going to go under. I I don't think Alabama can Let's put it this way. I don't if this game goes over, I think Tennessee wins this football game. Alabama's not put up 50. It's not going to be a 50. Tennessee's it, not a very
6: good defensive <laughs>
4: football. They're team. not good at all
6: on defense. Well, we'll
4: see. I'll, I I I
7: pretty good linebacker. Their their
6: linebackers are good. They've got one, the Byron Young kid up front is really good. Um, Really, a a lot of the Kind of sluggish guys um, on the on the on the defensive line. You're right about the secondary, even though I think they've improved a little bit. But uh, if McCullough is out, then uh, that that says a lot for them. I mean, they're losing a really big time player. Tillman being out on offense is going to be big uh, for them offensively, as far as production down the field. He's been one of the best uh, offensive guys or receivers uh, in the country. As far as Bryce, um, yeah, I mean, just limited limited action uh, throughout the week. And you know, it, when you think about it, as a coaching staff or as as a, as players. Uh, that cuts down the reps of the the other guys behind you. if you got a guy in front of you that's you know getting reps and get, trying to get prepared, but not sure it's still questionable whether or not he's going to play, you know how prepared can you get the other guys in order for them to be at their very best and that that's the struggle of a backup or third string quarterback is is reps and and you need them uh, in practice and, and and Bryce needs them as if he thinks he's going to be able to play and start so um, I, I still have them questionable as far as starting. But, um, again, that kind of puts Alabama in a tough spot because they're kind of relied on um, that that would be the case uh, coming up on Saturday based on some of the conversations that have been had. But um, we'll see. I mean, I think it's going to be uh, a lot more you know, information today and tomorrow, especially leading up to game time, whether or not Bryce – We'll be able to go. And, uh, and Coach Saban addressed this last night. And, hey, Coach, we'll, we'll talk about it and hopefully we we'll have the audio uh, from him. Uh, at hey, Coach, uh, discussing Bryce and kind of the situation that he's been under. And also, I want to get those uh, the points you made as to why you think Alabama's going to win and win big uh, that you told your buddy. You said you had laid out some points. I want to hear those coming up on the other side as well. All right. We'll continue live from ADX. Tony Curry from Tony Curry Radio Network in the house. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson. We're presented by... Top Golf of Birmingham you got the Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it with friends, coworkers, family. We call it the bowling of this generation. And also if you're going down for that UAB game tomorrow, great to tell you before and after there outside of Protective Stadium. That's Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. Our number one continues. Stay with us.
2: We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state.
0: Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
3: It's the Tuscaloosa Community Calendar, powered by Pepsi.
7: The Coling Baptist Church is hosting a Defend the Orphans Kickball Tournament fundraiser on Saturday. Sunny
0: day with a warm afternoon, the high 84. Sunday, partially sunny, the chance of a few isolated showers by late afternoon, the high 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
6: And we got Tony Curry, Tony Curry Radio Network, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson. I'm Jay Parker. you listen to Jay Barker's show live from ABX, And we got a lot to get into with Alabama, Tennessee coming up tomorrow. 2.30 kickoff in Nalen Stadium, 3.30 Eastern time there in Knoxville. And uh, a lot of storylines on and off the field. The biggest, Bryce Young, will he be ready to go? And uh, I was hoping we'd have um, that audio from uh, Saban from last night dealing with uh, Bryce Young and uh, what he had to say last night on the Hey Coach. But um, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't heard from the studio if we got that uh, that audio up or not. Let me know, guys. They're tied 100.9. And, uh, okay, we don't have anything from a uh, hey, coach. All right, All right so um, we got that. We'll, uh, I'll read you some of the uh, uh, comments that he had to say real quick. But, Lars, you said you had some points you made to your friend about why Alabama will win this game. Share those with us.
5: Well, number one, uh, in the Saban era, I have not seen Alabama play – essentially four bad games in a row. And uh, that's what it would take, I think, for Tennessee to win this game. And right now, Alabama is sitting at minus six in the turnover margin, which is tied for 12th in the SEC. Guess who's the one team that has the worst rate? Auburn. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Minus nine. Meanwhile, Tennessee leads the conference with uh, plus five. Right. And, and and at some point, that's it, going to even out. And, uh, and Sabin's been saying, you know, hey, we're emphasizing turnovers like crazy. Uh, turnovers just, they, they have a way of just sort of, uh, they neutralize everything. Yeah. They do. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I, I think if Alabama can just be even in the turnover battle, or if they're plus one, plus two, uh, they're going to win this game. Also, uh, I, I think Jamar Gibbs is going to have a really big game. I think this is going to be his breakout game, um, and uh, you know he's averaging an incredible 9.2 yards uh, attempt. And uh, we've talked about the cheetah package. I think that is going to uh, give Hendon Hooker fits when they're when Alabama on defense has Tennessee in third and four and longer. And, um, you know, I, I think Alabama is going to get off to a quick start. And if I, if I was Alabama, I would take the ball first. Even if you, if you win the coin toss, take the ball, try to get the lead and play from uh, ahead rather than from behind. And, uh, again, but the main thing is just, I, I've never seen as long as I've lived here and as long as, and and I, I arrived essentially the same time Nick Saban did, haven't seen Alabama play four undisciplined games in a row, and I know maybe the Arkansas game you'd say not not the most undisciplined game in the world, but nonetheless it was not a thing of beauty. Um, I, I just I, I think Coach Saban is too good, and uh, and there's and, and also if you just do an analysis of position by position, who would you take? Which player do you think has more talent? I think Alabama wins about uh, 18 of those. And so we're, we're forgetting that Tennessee, they haven't necessarily played anybody yet. Well, and they struggle I mean, with Florida they, they, and they struggle say, with Pitt. Yeah, you can say that they played they've beaten four ranked opponents, but those opponents, uh, they're not as strong as as we thought they were.
4: LSU did look really and, good.
5: And also, um, yeah, they did look good against them. And that's another
4: reason why I think a lot of people went to have a shot. But
5: my my final point also is uh Anthony Richardson threw for about a gazillion yards against them. And Anthony Richardson is not the most accurate thrower not the no. passer in the world that's why i think milro could have a lot of success because tennessee they're going to bring their safeties up if it's milro and, and alabama receivers are going to have a chance to have one-on-one situations down the field and uh i i think it, i look that and i know i'm it, but also look i don't have a dog in the fight here i don't and I'm a Nebraska guy. I'm a Nebraska guy. You <laughs> uh, do but, have a but, dog but, in the but, show. Jay, but, Jay, those are my reasons. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong on any of these.
6: No, I mean, I think you're, you're exactly not. right. And, and and I think Alabama could end up winning this big uh, just based on what I you bet, said. Too. Um, yeah, and, and and I think that from, from an athletic standpoint and, and also here's the other thing, and I brought this up yesterday on another interview on another show is that Alabama's been in big games and hype like this before uh, a lot. Um, it, pretty much every game they play now is a Super Bowl game for the opponent. And so they get a lot of interviews from the opposing teams. They get the crowd that's going to be crazy inside uh, there. And, you know, look, you know, the, the crowd noise, if, if you're not used to this type of hype and attention and media attention that you're doing, the interviews all week long. Uh, I'm, I'm sure um, Hendon, as well as other stars on that team, have had a chance. This week to be featured, you know, talking about Maxwell Award, Heisman Trophy. ESPN's interviewed them. Uh, every major outlet has has uh, interviewed them. Every journalist. Um, and and now, how do you how do you deal with that? How do you deal with being a team now that's sitting at number six in the country? This is unfamiliar territory for Tennessee. This is unfamiliar territory for Josh Heupel and for the team. How did they handle that? Alabama has shown that they can. Now, look, they lost their composure, didn't play well against Texas after the hype leading into that, but I think they've learned a lot from that. I think the last game against Texas a and they learned a lot from that as well. Uh, but th- they're used to getting everybody's best game. They're used to getting every crowd's best yell uh, and best you know, noise that they're going to make uh, in the stadium. So I think Alabama mentally, psychologically, is probably more prepared for this game than Tennessee is going into it.
4: Uh, yeah, I, and, and, you know, I am wearing my Josh hype shirt this morning underneath my
3: You thing. found that on the chair in the studio. Um, I know where you to, got to, that.
4: To, 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 to ride uh, your little wave here of Alabama wiping out Tennessee, uh, and I think it's very interesting, but in uh, the history of, of uh, Nick Saban since he's been in Alabama, in games where he's won by single digits the week before, he wins by an average of 17.9 points the following week. Tony Statman. <clears throat> I'm just saying. Tony's rain man. Uh, he's 15 and 0 against Tennessee. He's 11 and 4 against the spread, so it's not close. Uh, Josh Heupel is mm-hmm. one in five at Tennessee when they're an underdog at home, which is something to look at. And the the number that's just amazing to me. This is the first time in 15 years that we've had a single digit favorite in this game. I mean, that's how lopsided this has been in 15 mm-hmm. years. What, and
5: Alabama now under Saban has been favored in what. 58 I think they, they, yeah, t- they they're exact ti- number they're tying the record of being yeah. favored in 58 straight games against FPS opponents
4: and, I saw uh, 77
5: or maybe 77 yeah. I, I could be I just don't I think it, you're right it's, tying, it's yeah. tying the record but but getting back to hypo um Tony w- w- what do you think he's done to change this around so fast? And it, the the culture, and it, it's so many of the same players that were there two years ago. And uh, suddenly, this is a team that, uh, man, if, if they win this game, and I don't think they will, but if they do, they're going to be second, third in the country yeah, halfway well, through this and season. Jay,
4: Jay brought up Cedric uh, Tillman uh, on Wednesday. He was going to play, and of course now today he's not, which I think is huge because he's a great wide receiver. Hendon Hooker. I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it. That, the, that's the guys, exactly the what guys, I going to And, and, and I'm, not I'm not saying it's a Cam Newton-Auburn situation, but it's kind of close. I mean, I, 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 I think when you have a great quarterback, for a guy that really understands the system and is having time to pass the football, he can make a huge difference. Now, you already said their defense is not very good. So from top to bottom in all three phases of the game, is Tennessee the best team in the land? No. But with Hendon Hooker, that's why I said I don't think Alabama wants to get in a shootout here. I don't think we want a 45-42 game.
3: So. Lars brought this up yesterday. The last time Alabama and Tennessee met undefeated was 1989. It's a great article online. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Stevenson from AL.com. I'm not yep. real familiar with you, yeah. but you, you are. A good, uh, it's good a great reporter. read. Don't read it until after the break, though, because there is a quote in there that
4: will give you Tennessee chills. I had a phone conversation um, yesterday morning, and a guy just got out of prison, former Ohio State quarterback. I want to ask you guys about it. Coming up next.
6: All right, wow. uh, we'll continue. We got uh, Clint Lamb coming up at one thirty from Bama Insider on 3 Media with us each and every week. We'll uh, preview the Alabama-Tennessee game coming up as well. Nick Saban's comments about Bryce John coming up on the other side. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store you can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook and be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood the number is 800 448-1962. Four four eight nineteen sixty two. 1962 That's 800 And just for listening, go to siebelscottage.com and order anything you want and type in J. Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebels in downtown Homewood or online at
10: siebelscottage.com. letter O
6: We got the uh, Saban audio up for you and uh, be able to get that uh, from last well, night's nice. hey coach. But uh, di- during uh, the hey coach, uh, some of his comments uh, really were just reflecting on kind of what they've done this year with uh, or this this week with Bryce Young, getting him as prepared as uh, as much as they possibly could uh, leading uh, into uh, this game and uh, kind of. Some of his comments, we'll, uh, we'll get those for you coming up here in uh, just a second. But really talking about pitch count, really just talking about uh, the limited time that he's gotten throughout the week, um, but trying to prepare him as much as possible that he wants to play. Uh, there's no doubt about it. He is an unbelievable competitor. And probably, guys, any guy that could get it done, uh, I think you know Bryce Young is a very special, talented quarterback, uh, if not the, the best, one of the best that's come through there uh, in a long time. And that, that says a lot based on what's come out of there the last few years. Um, but uh, just listening to coaches, players that have been under both or all those quarterbacks. Uh, they talk about just how different he is uh, and, and the most special one that they've been around uh, so far, uh, what he can do. So if anybody could do it, I think Bryce has the, uh, not only the, the competitive spirit, but uh, he hates being on the sideline. I said last week after the game, never seen him that nervous looking on the sideline because he was not out there playing. He had to sit back and watch and he doesn't like sitting back and, not feeling like he's in control of things uh, out there on the field. That's kind of his safe place and a place for him to be uh, when it comes to just, uh, I think he just feels the most comfortable when he's behind center and out there making the plays. But Matt, you had some comments from uh, dealing with Tennessee, Alabama coming up this weekend, an article that you read.
3: Yeah. Um, Craig Stevenson, has an article about the 1989 Alabama Tennessee game and all that surrounded it. Of course, it was a huge breakout game. For Saran Stacy, And I think most people are familiar with his story. He played a little in the NFL, NFL Europe. And then a tragedy struck his family, literally, unfortunately, in a car accident. I think he lost all but one child. Like a wife, three children, and one child survived. uh, Anyway, uh, by the way, ironically enough, this article. um, He now lives in Nashville. I guess that's kind of interesting. But um, after the game... He was on the bus riding back to Birmingham. You know, he had six touchdowns in two games against Tennessee. He's had all kinds of yardage. He he had Tennessee's tea, but on the way back, he's sitting on the bus next to Walter Lewis, former quarterback who at the time was the running backs coach. Yeah. And um, he said he said to Walter, he said, "Man, I'm so jacked up. I think I could get out and run to Tuscaloosa. Just I don't need a bus." And uh, he said Walter tapped him on the shoulder and leaned over and whispered, and said. They will never, ever forget you. <laughs> and it's true. Alabama fans remember. they, they yeah. you know, He was a great player. Yeah. But they will remember that UT game. Jay, you were what? A senior? At Trustful? I was.
6: Yeah. Senior at Trustwell at that time. So uh, that was, uh, I remember Saran having that breakout game. And then I had a chance to play with Saran the next two years. And uh, 90, I was redshirted in 91. We played together and um he was my running back and again had a you know he came back from an injury after the 90 season um uh, craig sanderson and uh and saran both went down that particular year two of the biggest offensive production guys uh, on that side of the football uh but he was able to make it back uh we, we went and we went 11 and one that year in 91 and uh, he had a big game against colorado as well had a, uh, I think a couple touchdowns one touchdown pass uh, to him and then uh, i think a touchdown run and you know, really for him, uh, you know, just so many he was just such a gamer. Um, and, and I, I think he he was kind of like um, Sean and uh, Sean Alexander, you know he talked about this in his book that he didn't like not like to practice. And Saran was not really a big practice guy. He tried to find every way he could to get out <laughs> of practice. And uh, but then he would show up at the game, you know, and he was there, and he was ready to play and go. And he did go through an ama- uh, just tremendous tragedy. And uh, I've actually seen Saran a ton, not only in Nashville, but also. Uh, at different events my sister just ran into him a couple weeks back at a game and he's always been so kind uh, not only to my family my mom my sister my dad they were all so close to saran when he was playing at alabama just just got a great heart and all that he went through really changed him a ton and and and, you know negatively with his family positively spiritually for him and has now uh, been involved in ministry for the last probably 10 or 12 years, um, really just involved in that all over the Southeast and all over the the nation, speaking at different events and stuff. So uh, unbelievable player, but uh, has just really become and is an an, an unbelievable person.
4: Will be judged by only one, and that's the one that matters. Um, You know, it's interesting, too, Jay, you were talking about you know, a Bryce Young, uh, it's my understanding based on what we heard from Nick Saban and hey, Coach, is that he can't do any further damage to his shoulder. In other words, he can't hurt his shoulder any more than it's already hurt. But he can be hurting when he throws. And so it's got to be one of those situations where, as a fan, we're like, great, then knock yourself out and <laughs> go out there and just sling it like a chicken wing. You know, if we know you can't pull it or tear it any further, obviously you can at, 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 at a different point. Uh, but it's just a matter of whether it's comfortable enough for him to be able to throw the football. But Jay,
5: isn't there yeah. some sort of pain masking shot that he can get before the
3: game that's perfectly legal?
6: You asked the right person. Uh, well, I mean, I've I've had them. I don't know if, they, if they're still um, uh, using that uh, protocol. I, I guess you might say from a doctor's standpoint, especially with a guy about to go into the NFL um, and and it could be a high draft pick. I I, I think you have to be careful with that and, and, um, and and notice that I think he's a competitor. He wants to play. But I think the doctors and the trainers will make the ultimate decision whether or not they feel like it's the right uh, thing to do. But, yeah, I mean, there is ways to to uh, help with, with the pain uh, throughout the game. But again, it'll come back and you deal with it again uh, over the next week, you know, rehabbing and all that stuff. I mean, it, it is a tremendous process to get back. I mean, I, I never got back uh, completely healthy uh, the years that I, um, I I just played along with it and had to you know deal with it. Uh, you know, during those periods of time. Here's what Coach Saban, let's go ahead and play it for you. Uh, From Hey coach last night, he addressed uh, Bryce Young and his potential of uh, playing uh, coming up this Saturday against Tennessee.
1: Well, Bryce has practice on this week, uh, and I think it comes down to does he feel and do we feel that he can throw the ball effectively enough? And um, he's not going to hurt himself by doing it. I just don't know how much it will hurt him if he does it. He's done it on a limited basis, but you know, so that's, that's the question. And, and nobody's going to know that until Saturday comes. All right. So he won't know it. I won't know it. Nobody will know it. And, uh, I know he wants to play and I know he thinks he can play. Um, and we'll see, we'll see. So does that answer your question?
6: Uh, good answer. All right, could Saban last night. Uh, hey coach, addressing Bryce Young. Uh, Matt, Tony, Lars, any comments based on what he had to say?
5: Uh, He said nothing. He said, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, uh, I could have answered it that way. Is it, hey, they're, they're, It, it sounds like he they're, was they're, saying, <laughs> I don't
3: know. Maybe I just picked it up on my own. Well, well the, when It normally, sounded less positive than I think the way he stated it earlier this week.
4: Normally, you don't want to ever tell the other team who's going to be the starting quarterback, correct? So so let me ask you guys this question. Uh, how does Tennessee prepare differently for Bryce Young as opposed to Jalen Milro? And I, and I realize that, that Jalen's only played a couple of games. I understand that. But, I mean, wh- wh- is there any difference? I mean, is Is Josh Heupel going, hey, listen, we're preparing for both. And obviously, we're going to prepare the best we can, Tennessee, defensively speaking, for what we see on the football field. But is it really going to change anything, whether Bryce plays or not, for Tennessee, is what I'm saying? Yeah,
5: I think so. I mean, I I think uh, they have to prepare as if they're facing a a younger version of uh, Jalen Hurts. And, uh, a guy who not the most accurate passer down the field at this point in his career. And so you just, uh, push those safeties up and try to, uh, jam the run at the line of scrimmage and, and make Jalen beat you with his arm. And so far he hasn't necessarily proven that he can do that. Um, but you know, uh, I, and, and, but with Bryce, you have to defend, and Jay, you know this, you have to defend basically every inch of the field within 40 yards of the line of scrimmage because he can hit that 35, 40-yard, you know, out pattern uh, with, with incredible velocity. I mean, it, it is amazing to me how much steam Bryce can get on the ball with somebody who is so slight. You know, it it, you. It, it, it 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 it's all in the it's got to be just in the, the the mechanics and the throwing motion, but and the accuracy with which he throws is just phenomenal. It's unlike any quarterback. I would venture to say, other I than other, other was, than Jay, I
3: thought Tua was maybe the best I'd ever seen, but I, Bryce, I, I, has,
5: Bryce got has got a stronger arm than Tua. I I, I agree. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, d- d- Matt, don't you agree about uh, how Tennessee would have to defend? Yeah. They would defend Mill Road in a much different way.
3: But I don't think we're going to see. I think Bryce Young comes out, takes every snap in the football game. I do, too. And there's another thing that I think is worth noting here. What has been one real consistent with, uh, with Nick Saban as a head coach? Man, he's slow. Slow to move on quarterback. Mm. Two is a perfect example. Mm. Um, and I think the other day, Christian Miller backed this up because he said it. When he decided he was going to start Milrow, he stayed with him. Yeah. I kept thinking they might put Bryce Young in. I think Bryce takes a first snap from
4: scrimmage and everyone after Unless it's a national championship game, he doesn't change quarterbacks. <laughs> he did at the half. <laughs> and it, worked. Like and I got it, it worked. worked. It worked. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. But a lot of people wonder why he didn't change midseason. Yeah. Hey, speaking of quarterbacks, I mentioned uh, going to this last break, there's a, a former Ohio State quarterback that's in some major trouble, and I actually had a conversation with him yesterday.
6: I want to share it with you coming up I really time. want to hear that. Yeah. You talk to Todd Todd, we'll Green. do that and much Close. more coming up on the other side. Clint Lamb's going to join us at 1:30, second hour. We'll talk Alabama, Tennessee tomorrow 2.30 at Nayland Stadium. And, uh, again, he's with Bam Insider in all three media. Stay with us. We'll be back live from ABX.
9: get a good feeling yeah. you're
2: listening to the Jay Barker show live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham Don't miss a play at the
0: sportsbook at Pearl River Resort your front row seat to all the action. Place bets on all professional and most college sports. Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine this afternoon. Tuscaloosa's high 81. For tonight, fair with a low at 54. Tomorrow is sunny day with a warm afternoon, the high 84. Sunday, partially sunny. The chance of a few isolated showers by late afternoon, the high 81. I'm James Spam on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 74 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
1: Well, first of all, that has nothing to do with what's going to happen in this game. This game's about the players that play this game, their team, our team. Um, you know, this game means a lot to a lot of people in Alabama. It means a lot to our team. It's an SEC game. Um, you know, we play in a difficult league. It's hard to win on the road, um, and it's a real challenge and opportunity for our players to go up against maybe one of the best teams in the country, I think. And you know, see, you know how we do, and obviously we want to win but we want to win every game and this is the next game so it's the most important game and um you know it's a rivalry game for these two schools i think it's great for you know guys to be happy and have opportunities to celebrate i didn't really have anything to do with creating this tradition uh, but it is a tradition and i respect traditions and um you know it's always fun to see the players have fun
6: That was Coach Saban talking about the uh, tradition, cigar tradition, Tennessee-Alabama game. And, um, you know, when he first got to Alabama, guys, I don't know if you remember this. Tony, I think we talked about it on air. And, um, you know, at first people were asking about it. He said, well, it's against the rules. You can't do it. The SEC a didn't let you have cigars in in the locker room. And somebody said, wait a minute. You know, this is very much a tradition Alabama's had for a while. And uh, he totally... Uh, you know, 180 it and uh, came back and said no. I mean, this is a tradition. We're gonna embrace it. We're gonna we're gonna do it. And uh, but it was funny just hearing because at first he was kind of like against it, and then uh, realized how important it was to the fan base.
4: One of my favorite pictures is Jay Barker and Gene Stallings. Jay's is not lit, mm-hmm. but he's got them baby blue eyes. Like I'm sitting that. here looking at it right now. Fantastic picture. Yeah. I, I Every radio station in Knoxville, Chattanooga, and Nashville last night were doing remotes at cigar shops. <laughs> I mean, every stick in Tennessee radio station was doing remotes at cigar shops. There was a lot of stogie sold yesterday.
3: Our flagship station in Tuscaloosa, Tide, yeah. was uh, at r and I think all day long, except for the noon to two slot. Do yeah. so really so interesting... you buy them
4: in advance or after? No, you buy them in advance because you, you, want, to, you want to be confident enough that you're going to be smoking them. And you're going to smoke him either way, right? Well, for 15 years
3: I've been buying them afterwards, so I guess I shouldn't stop Second that. Speaking
4: of a guy who uh, got smoked. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't
3: stop. Keep that tradition going.
4: Okay, thank you, Jay. I will. <laughs> and Jay, Jay's going to know this story because we actually had him on our show uh, about 10, 11 years ago. Uh, overall fourth pick in the 1982 NFL draft out of Ohio State. Do you remember who that was? Quarterback. Won a Rose Bowl, Rex Kern. Won a Rose Ball. Was on Sports Illustrated. Was on the cover of People Magazine his senior year at Ohio State. Art Schleister.
5: Art Schleister.
4: You remember that guy? I do. Uh, and Art, of course, uh, gets in the National Football League. Gets drafted by the Baltimore uh, Colts at the time. And uh, Pete Rosell is the commissioner of the National Football League. Finds out that. Art is betting on NFL games during his first year and gets suspended the entire 1983 season. He'll go on to play in the Canadian Football League where he won a championship. He'll be the MVP of that league in 1988 uh, and has had issues with gambling, alcohol, and uh, drug addiction his entire life. And it's, it's a really a, a sad story. Um, he uh, was actually on our show uh, when, when Jay Allen and I did a, did a show for a brief time they found him unresponsive Wednesday night in Hilliard, Ohio, which is a suburb of Columbus, Ohio, in a hotel room at a Hampton Inn, unresponsive, and they found cocaine in his room. And, of course, he was arrested. Uh, he just got out of prison last week. He was in prison for nine years for tax evasion and fraud. Uh, and it's just a super, super sad story. And, and there's a reason why I'm telling you the story. So I reached out to him. I had his cell phone number from the last time we had him on the show. And I called him, and he answered the phone. Wow, um, and I and I said Art, and he said, "Yeah." And I said, "This is Tony Curry, I'm a friend of yours." Now I'll tell you why. Art schleister has been doing radio in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, for the better part of the last twenty years, and he worked for a, a, a Cumulus, which is a radio company that that their stations down here in the Birmingham area. And I just talked to uh, my general sales manager. Uh, his name's Tim. Uh, last week, and I said, uh, "Hey, have you heard anything from Art?" and was was unaware of the story. And he said, "Let me tell you what he did. He want, he went around to every one of my clients." and collected their checks for the month, for the following month, and said, hey, I'm here to pick up these checks. He picked up $56,000 and went down to Lawrenceburg, Indiana, and blew it in about 35 minutes. And I'm like, and it's not funny. But the thing about it is, Arch Schleister, I have not met one person, and I've met 100 people that know him. They say he's the nicest guy they've ever met. He just can't get the demons out he's of him. He's an addict, And it's just really <laughs> unfortunate. Our thoughts and prayers go out to him because he cannot beat the disease. I mean, it's just, and he's 62 years old. It's just really, really sad. Just a sad story. Former Ohio State
3: There's one person uh, driving around somewhere in Alabama on the Jay Barker Network that, that got my line about Rex Kern. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
6: All right, Clint Lamb, 130, he coming up the next hour. State and they uh, ended
3: up a defensive
6: back. We got, Dan, we, uh, we got Josh Heupel as well coming up. So stay with us. We're live from ADX. We'll be back. Hour number two next.
2: Hi, this is Wes
0: McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham Store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham Store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A.
1: That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way.
2: God bless you and roll tight jay barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show joining him is lars anderson new york times best-selling author 20-year veteran of sports illustrated and professor at the university of alabama live from the avx studios in birmingham alabama the jay barker show
10: yeah if it was just one guy it's you know be easier right um They're good across the board, and uh, that's whoever uh, in their front four uh, steps on the field. Uh, They have the ability to rush rush the passer. They're dynamic and destructive in the run game, too. Uh, We got to have balance. You don't want to be living in third and long against these guys. We got to do a good job on early downs. And then uh, at the end of the day, we're going to have to win some one on one, you know, pass pro battles in, in those third and long situations.
6: are one game every year Where I drank a little more beer It's over before it's over We go there or they come here Ever since 06 They give us every season I wish I could say that's the
3: only reason I hate Alabama
2: I hate crimson ribs And I hate how the air tide When I got a brave set on my head And I love I All
6: right, welcome so back in. And again, that's Connor Smith. And uh, you've heard us play this song before on the air. And um, it's amazing uh, probably how many times this song has probably been played all week long. Uh, In Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee especially, but um, became a huge hit. And The song was released on that Sunday or Monday right after the Texas A&M loss for Alabama last year. I don't know if you guys remember it or not. But uh, what uh, it, it has to do with my family is that Avery, my son, is actually the one playing guitar on that particular song and actually tours with Connor Smith. He called me the day before they went into recording. He said, look, I've got a dilemma, and I want to talk to you about it. He goes, they got this new song. The Connors written called I Hate Alabama. They want me to, to come in studio and play. And the thing about hiring me is their new uh, uh, lead guitarist. And uh, But I wanted to clear it with you <laughs> before I did it. And I was like, man, go get it. My gosh, that's that's awesome. Uh, but um, I thought that uh, a little, little back story to that song for the Barker family.
4: Nothing wrong with a little self-deprecation. Uh, on yourself, particularly when you've won the last fifteen games in a row under Nick Saban. But it
3: didn't sound like a. Uh, with all due respect, Jay, to
4: yeah. your son and all
3: that, it didn't sound like a fun song. Like,
4: no, it. Ah, hey. no, no, well, it's a country song, you know. It's one of the songs,
3: and, now, and, they'll, y'all,
6: and they'll be. Crying, it's about a love you know, story. Yeah. Night after they story. Yeah. 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 It's a love story.
3: But I, you know, one I do like is that Megan Moroney. Is that her, Jay? The Tennessee Orange song where she said she wore Tennessee Orange. That's oh her yeah, her and
6: she's boy. actually a huge Georgia, Georgia,
4: Georgia
3: fan. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, but it's. A, I like the tune. I like yeah. the melody. I'd give
4: it a nod. We, we've got a lot of, uh, not only do we have a lot of history, obviously, with, with Jay Barker being a former quarterback at Alabama, but Jay and I were actually down at the uh, Winfrey when uh, one Philip Fulmer was uh, served mm-hmm. papers during SEC media day. So we were all seeing what happens between this rivalry. He, he was, and a lawyer friend of mine came up and said, by the way, I just dropped this in his lap. He had to move his donuts. But he picked it out of my hand and I said, "Okay." <laughs> and he got some of those papers. And I was like, "Okay." And we were, we you were. Say, hey, coach, what's that? We, well, we were just talking about this before, before uh, the show on Wednesday. Uh, you know, th- there's so much information now you can pretty much tell if something's fake or not. and and, and then I was like, "Man, do we want to break this?" Because it was huge, huge news that it was happening at the first day of SEC Media Days. And I was like, "Do we want to get into this?" And sure enough, ESPN was all over it, and it was it was all over the, the hotel before we left at ten o'clock. But uh, pretty amazing stuff. So, um, yeah, the, you know this game is, um, you know, we always have these week, it's something's got to give games. You know, we're talking about Tennessee's offense against Alabama's defense, right? We're talking about, um, you know, uh, is, is 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 Alabama just going to be treating this like another game? And this is uh, obviously a World Series or a World Super Super Bowl for for Tennessee Volunteers. Another stat I think is really interesting, and I brought this up on Wednesday. Tennessee is twenty eight of twenty eight in the red zone with twenty two yeah. with twenty two touchdowns. They are they are on fire. I mean, it's not even close uh, between number one and number two. Alabama ranks thirty eighth in red zone defense. That's going to be really interesting if you get Tennessee. Inside that 20-yard uh, 20 line, 28 times the majority of teams in college football have gotten inside the red zone somewhere around 15 times. They've done that 28 times. So, I mean, they can fire it up. They can get up and down the football field. It's going to be just a great game to watch. I cannot wait to watch. And, of course, the whole turnover situation. that we had um, our good friend Mr. Hoover on, on Wednesday talking about our football players uh, sleeping with footballs, and we hope they are.
5: So Alabama's won the last six matchups against Tennessee by 22 points or more. Mm-hmm. Twenty-two points or more.
4: Did you call your guy during the break?
5: And and who one eight hundred Lars? Who does. has uh, gotten better recruiting classes in each of the last six years? Alabama or Tennessee? World yeah, cool. time. Yeah. Uh, and did Alabama steal Tennessee's best defensive player via the transfer portal? Man, he's he is just a BA, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And it's smart. I, again, I, I just go back to talent. And if you compare the 22 starters, who would you rather have? And I think about 18 of them uh, are on Alabama's side of the ball.
4: Um, Do you ever watch games, though, uh, when you're playing uh, a team that's back-to-back? Do you remember Alabama-LSU when Alabama lost to LSU during the regular season and they came back? Like nine, to six. Nine, six. 9 nine. Do you to remember six. what happened with Georgia last year? Do you think this? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, a lot of times you look at it, and you go, "They've already played the game. They've already beaten them once. Why in the world are they underdog? And what happened in the, in the national championship game? I'm, I'm just. I'm just saying. I. I, I feel is, you. I understand you. But there's a reason why that line is where it's at. Is this the biggest hyped SEC
5: game for Alabama since that since 2011 that LSU nine six game? Number one game versus number two, and I love that people. Uh, around Bryant-Denny Stadium that day that did not have tickets.
4: Just to be
5: there. Just to be there.
3: I'll
4: bet Nalen's not far behind tomorrow. Yeah, this is the biggest game they've had in place is going to be cooking. Yeah, I I reached out to three different people who are very, very good friends of mine and would do anything for me. And when I said, do you have any extra tickets, they laughed. (laughs) They're like, this is the hottest ticket we've seen since I've been alive.
5: And uh, another question, does it really matter – in the grand scheme of making the playoffs, if Alabama loses this game, no, you're losing a top five matchup. I mean, they still control their own destiny. Yeah, sure. Uh, and, and,
4: I can't. This, but
5: this perish the fault. This, this Perish. This drives me. No, it does.
4: It does play into the fact that you've lost a game and you don't have a lot of wiggle room. Well, they, the rest now, of the year. yeah, you can't no. lose another one. So, I mean, you, know, you can't go you lose.
5: You can't lose another it, one. This is in a couple of years.
4: Tennessee
3: we'll, again, couldn't you?
4: But
5: uh I mean, look, this is from Athlon sports, and they <laughs> they write that uh, if Tennessee wins this game, they are quote "in the driver's seat to win the East. However, they still have to play Georgia
3: <laughs> on November well, 5th. That's a big however. <laughs> yeah.
5: That is the biggest, however, uh, one can imagine <laughs> Now they yeah, they're in the driver's seat until November 5th.:
4: Well, and remember just how incredibly. Good we thought Georgia was early in the football season. They lost 15 guys to the draft. They lost yeah. 14 After guys to the portal. How is that even possible? And now we're starting to see, I think, what Georgia really is. Not to say they're not a top-five team and they're not certainly a possibility of winning a national title, I mean, but, but I, do, I don't I do think they're as good as we actually thought they were. And also, look at Tennessee.
5: They they beat Pitt, and Pitt is not world beaters. Uh, They beat him 34-27. Down they, to the wire, by the way. They beat yeah. Florida. Which is not the greatest team in the world, thirty-eight, thirty-three. That was and, one of and, those games, though.
4: When you you and you beat them, you're on your way. Yeah, it wasn't. In, it, it, and and it, so I, I yeah, I don't
5: want to minimize yeah. what Tennessee has done because they are five and zero oh for the first time since uh, twenty sixteen, but um, they have not faced an, an opponent the caliber of Alabama. They just it, they haven't, and I I am so sort of confused. Why Vegas has been so seduced by Tennessee? However, the, the line is popping back up, hmm. and so that tells me that the dudes in Vegas think that Bryce Young is going to play. Um, Am I wrong
4: on that? No, I think you're. I think you're spot on. But again, I don't. I think it'll come back to seven or seven and a half. It'll it'll be within a half point of seven by by kickoff because Vegas loves those pushes because they're getting their money either way. I. I you know I, I I don't I think the fact that it's on the road the fact that we have no clue what Bryce Young is going to look like feel like uh I think that plays into it. Um and you know you talk about Tennessee's defense they looked pretty good against LSUs past week. Yeah. First, first four drives three and outs. Uh and it's Brian Kelly's offense I get that. Uh but he knows how to move the football too and LSU had a big statement uh, to be made if they could win that football game as well. So and they blew them out by 27. So I you know so they're getting better and better and better. They do, are. do they continue the rise this Saturday? Uh, I think if they lose within three or four points, I think it's considered a rise because well, they do be still a have a disappointed running.
3: Tennessee fans. Cause they think they're going
4: to slap Alabama around. Uh, they ain't going to slap them around, but I, I certainly think they could win the football game again. I mean, I, I think a lot of it rides on hand hooker and whether Bryce young plays, I think it's the quarterback situation.
5: Yeah. And, and, uh, that, he, that, if, that's the thing. If, if, uh, if Bryce young doesn't play at the most important position then Al or excuse me
4: Tennessee has a massive advantage
10: mm-hmm.
4: and that could be the difference and Hendon's, Hendon's had a lot of time to throw the football this year his pocket's been pretty clean all he's year not long not with I, a I, cheetah I, package I, I don't know how many times he's been sacked but he's he's been pretty clean all year long I just have a feeling will
3: Anderson is going to be the player of the game here this, is, well, this but is, you know this what is it could almost almost as easy be Dallas Turner or Chris Braswell to, I, I it, agree. You can't, I, I mean, agree. They're, they're probably going to double team Will, so one of those other two guys is going to be all over Hooker. That just sounded funny the way I said
4: that. Tony. <laughs> all over Hooker, you, Tony Curry. Yes,
3: hello, wake I, up! I, you have yeah. no response to that.
4: No, I, Tony Curry. No, I saw the sign at the college game day about uh, the erectile dysfunction. I was just thinking about Jay's erectile—not erectile, but erectile dysfunction. Oh, right? reptile. Well, yeah, well, reptile dysfunction? Uh, for Henn and Hooker it was funny. If you've got a hooker, you've got a reptile dysfunction. It was funny. It was one of the signs of College Game Day, and I can say that because College Game Day is a family show, and so is this. I was trying to pull up how many times tennis <coughs> has been sacked, by the way. Uh,
3: the greatest sign behind Game Day. How and, many and times i Hooker skirt
4: sacked? I'm
3: skirt... Hmm? Where? In Vegas? <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm going to say this. The work. best sign I ever saw fell flat. Um, was... Uh, <laughs> a lot <of> things too. <laughs> Lee Corso wears a Merkin. And... <laughs> I, I can't say that again. Sorry. Of course, you have to know what that is.
5: Is Pat McAfee going to be
4: the new Lee Corso? Um, Gosh, I hope not. I like Pat McAfee. I do. I like Pat McAfee, he he walks too. He walked it right up to the edge for me, though, man. When he took his jacket off and put it around Bill Self last week, I was like, all right, someone settle him down a little bit. Tennessee, by the way. Um... <laughs> has uh, uh, been sacked eight times this year. Uh, that ranks 52nd in college football. Be sat- at least five on Saturday. By the way,
3: don't Google
4: Merkin. I'm just here to tell you. Merkin or Gherkin? Merkin. The, I the wig. A, I know what a Gherkin is.
3: Do you know what a Merkin What's a Gherkin? It's a pickle. We you may got- not be here <laughs> I love Monday. I love pickles. <laughs>
4: uh,
3: Jay, why don't <laughs> you jump anytime, Jay? <laughs> jump in here. You're too smart to get into this
6: fray. <laughs> Alright, it's going to be a fun game We got Clint Lamb coming up at 1.30 At the bottom of this hour Stay with us, more to come on Alabama, Tennessee Getting ready to kick it off, 2.30 tomorrow on CBS From Neyland Stadium and Tennessee thinks they're going to win it, big time And the fans do too, they're already ordering a ton of cigars And uh, getting ready for their victory march Alright, so we'll continue on the other side Live from AVX, we'll be back
2: This is the Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham.
3: Catch Littles Losers Friday nights during Friday Night Live on Tide 100.9, your home of
0: Alabama football. Sunny day with a warm afternoon, the high 84. Sunday, partially sunny, the chance of a few isolated showers by late afternoon, the high 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A lot of good
1: players, uh, and I think that the challenge is: is can you play and sustain the level of intensity to maximize your performance on a consistent basis? That's really what makes you, in the end, a great team. You can play a great game, uh, but if you're a great team, you have to do that on a consistent basis, you know, throughout the course of the season. And at times this year, we've we've done that very very well, and at times, you know, maybe not so well, and. I think that's kind of my responsibility, you know, to try to get everybody to that point. And that's what we're going to continue to try to do. But it's important right, well, that everybody again, buys into doing Coach the Saban things that they uh, need to do to be able to do that.
6: Potential this year's team coming up uh, and uh, kind of what he's continued to preach into them. And a lot of times use the media as well and in interviews to kind of speak to his team. But he kind of put it back on himself today. It's my responsibility to make sure they're ready and that they do reach their full potential uh, coming up. And they got a big moment tomorrow to, uh, to do that and prove that at 2:30 in and stadium Alabama and Tennessee. Um, you know, you, you look at it, the storylines uh, off the field. We've talked about McCullough as far as whether or not he'll play tomorrow. And uh, Josh Heupel, I think what yesterday or the day before said that he had passed it up to the administration, the president AD that they'd be the ultimate decision makers on that. And uh, also Tillman being out, uh, Bryce young questionable as far as, whether or not he'll be playing and starting on uh, tomorrow at 2:30 against uh, Tennessee, what does that mean for Jalen Milrow and uh, Ty Simpson, um, the quarterbacks that are behind him, and how much work they've gotten this week? And and in guys, really, the the thing I brought up earlier is how much work they haven't gotten, uh, based on the fact that uh, he uh, has been limited in what he could do. But Bryce still getting uh, a lot of reps at that number one uh, spot, and you know, just really prepping and getting guys ready for a game like that. Especially uh, after the game that Jalen had last last week against uh, A&M, really, I know for him wanting to correct a lot of those mistakes, which are very correctable when it comes to you know working in the pocket, not throwing the ball, underthrowing a wide receiver. That if he throws the ball down the field, maybe catches it, runs it in for a touchdown, or at least gets a big game. He was behind the defense, but just um, underthrew him. But y- your guys' thoughts on kind of all these different scenarios that are happening, kind of off the field, that will be uh, that definitely will affect what's going to happen uh, tomorrow at two thirty.
4: Jay, I think what's really interesting is the fact that Bryce has been on a pitch count this week. Uh, because when you're playing in a game, you're not at a pitch count, right? I mean, there is no pitch count. You, you throw the football when you have to throw the football. And, and I don't know what that pitch count is. I don't know if it's 20 throws a day, 10 throws a day, 50 throws a day. I don't know what that is. And, uh, listen, there's no doubt that Bryce wants to play. Uh, we, we've seen, I mean, Tua wanted to play, right? I mean, guy, guys get banged up and they want to stay in the football game. And so I totally get that. Um Now it's whether you can do it or not. I mean, how many times we have to see a manager walk out to the mound and the pitcher's like, I'm staying in? He's like, no, you're not. No, you're you're done. You're finished. I see something you don't. Get out of here. Um, So I I don't know what that means for Bryce. The fact that he's on a pitch count probably means that Jalen is getting more reps than he probably normally would. Uh, because he's on that pitch count, uh, but at the same time, I have a feeling that Nick Saban knows um, going into this football game if, in fact, Bryce is going to start and if, in fact, Jalen's going to play, how often he's going to play, and he's probably getting his reps, is my thought.
5: Yeah, I, I, I want to uh, address the uh, Jalen McCullough situation real quick, and he is the the, the safety who's the longtime starter uh four-year starter for the Vols. He's tied for fourth on the team in tackles, and he's, he's actually played a team-leading 355 353 defensive snaps. So he, it's, he, it, he's a very important player, and uh, he was arrested on felony aggravated assault charge on Sunday. Now, years ago, this decision would have been made by the coach, and I go back to, uh, and I, I know a lot of our listeners aren't aware of this, but but the Lawrence Phillips situation in Nebraska, which I, I wrote a Showtime documentary on, and that was all up to Tom Osborne of when Lawrence could come back. And, uh, and, and, and Tom got a lot of heat for bringing him back too early. And it should not be in the coach's hands. It should be in the administration's hands. And so that's a good thing. Now, McCullough, of course, is... Well, back up just for a second. Yeah. When
4: you say administration, who are you talking about?
5: The uh, the UT administration. And I don't know exactly... President,
4: board, that kind of thing.
3: Because yeah, I, yes. Because I, 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 I... I
5: don't know exactly... Uh, I, I don't have the specifics of, of what that exactly means, but I do know it is not in the hands of the coach because at the time, w- uh, back in the, the 90s and even in the early 2000s, the coach had to serve as as judge and jury, yeah. and, uh, and 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 without knowing all of the facts, and so uh, the, the the facts in this case, and I'm not going to regurgitate them because it'll take too long. They don't look for they don't look good for McCullough, Mm-mm. and no. uh, but he is, uh, and 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 Heupel won't even say if he's practicing or not. I can't imagine that he is going to play because of the backlash uh, that, that Tennessee and Hypo uh, in particular would get because you don't want to be known as a win at all cost coach. And, uh, and, 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 and look, this kid, again, a four year starter, this is the biggest game of his college career and it's, and, and he's proclaiming his innocence but the again the facts of the case don't look good but he hasn't been found guilty
4: so yeah, if you, so I, if, I, 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 if
5: if you're UT i mean w- Matt I'll, I'll go to you first and then okay. then you got then
3: Tony but w- what do you do here well the, the one factor is um is when you remove him from playing you hurt a lot of people you hurt a lot of guys that have busted their everything's to get there should that weigh into your decision probably a little bit The dude that he went after got his face rearranged. He lost teeth. Yeah. You know what I picture? Sorry. You know how they have breezeways and apartment complexes in there? Those concrete Mm -hmm. uh, surrounded Mm -hmm. by metal steps. He knocked him down. Like thirty of those. Well, so Tony, Tony,
5: I know we got to get to break here because uh, we have Clint coming up, but uh, uh, Tony, just should he play or not? First
4: of all, the administration does not make the call, and I know what you're saying, but I mean, Nick Saban's administration is not telling him he can't play as football player. Now, but Nick, it's not, different at UT. Not Nick, yeah, but Nick Saban may say, "Listen, I I don't think he should play," or or because I don't think the coach at this point is going to play a guy that he thinks is guilty of something. Then we then we go back to, well, he hasn't been found guilty of anything. Let's let the legal process go. Well, if we go through the legal process, he's playing the
10: rest of the year.
4: year. And and that's not particularly fair. So I think you look at a case-by-case situation, and you have to make that call. Are you doing the right thing for your program? And and based on what I've heard about this kid, um, he should not be playing this weekend. That's just my opinion. Um, But, you know, look at Deshaun Watson. He got suspended guess what another girl came out yesterday yeah and hit him up again and you know what it couldn't happen to a better program because and, and, that's what that's the guy you made gosh, the deal with
5: and 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 the allegations that this uh young woman is making again uh, it, it, it is it is just disgusting Deshaun watson oh my gosh how is
4: how but he hasn't been found guilty of anything right. i know so it's kind of uh, like you know
6: i know we got a break Jim. yeah yeah we got to get a break clint lamb coming up next bam insider and, and on three media we'll talk alabama tennessee with him on the other side built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store you can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook and be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood the number is 800-448-1962 that's 800-448-1962 and just for listening go to dot and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code that's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown
10: Homewood are online at
6: Siebel'sCottage.com.
10: letter O
6: Now he joins us each week from Bama Insider On 3 Media Get his take on this Alabama Crimson Tide Tennessee matchup tomorrow at 2.30 at Neyland Stadium On CBS Clint, always great to have you on, man, what a week And uh, Tennessee fans are hyped up We've talked to a, a bunch of the media from Tennessee as well, whether it be interviews uh, With them or with us And uh, just hearing a lot of the uh, noise Out there, but they feel very confident Heading into this game this weekend As
7: they should be uh, I mean, it's It's got a different feel than a lot of the Alabama-Tennessee games as of late, Uh, you know, really, for the most part, during the next-saving era. I wouldn't even call it as of late. I mean, it's been 15 years. But, you know, Tennessee's got a fantastic offense. Uh, they got a fantastic stable of receivers. They've got a a dynamic quarterback. And when you look historically at, you know, the kind of teams that have been able to pull upsets of Alabama or beat Alabama, it's been, you know, getting dynamic play at the quarterback position, and it's been dual-threat guys. And, you know, they have both of those two things. And not necessarily that the the, the quarterback that's beat, that beats Alabama is a dynamic quarterback necessarily, but they play like it. Like a Zach Calzada last year, he looked a lot more like Brett Favre than he did Zach Calzada for at least four quarters that night. And uh, they were able to pull the upset. So, you know, you can trust what you're going to get out of Hendon Hooker. He doesn't turn the football over much. Alabama's defense hasn't really been forcing a whole lot of turnovers. So I think it would be – you know, I do think the turnover battle is very important in this football game. Um, But at the same time, going in, Alabama's not forcing them and Tennessee's not really giving them. So I will be curious to see how that ends up working out. But there's a lot working in Tennessee's favor, but I also think that there's a lot working in Alabama's favor as well. So I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup, and I'm excited to watch it.
5: Clint, uh, on, on Twitter just uh, two hours ago, you posted that uh, you've been working the phones over the last 24 hours, you and your colleagues at uh, On3.com. And uh, you, gave, uh, uh, you wrote a story on the latest on the status of Bryce Young. What can you tell us?
7: Uh, yeah. So, you know, we do know that he's been limited in practice throughout the week. Uh, I, I have heard that he kind of ramped things up a little bit yesterday. And seem to hold up pretty well. Um, we'll kind of have to wait and see what ends up happening as far as the pregame warm up tomorrow. I think that's really the deciding factor here. But one of the consensus things that we've gotten from everybody that we've talked to, which is why we, you know, put the report out, is that he's, you know, some variation of he's highly likely to play. You know, there, there's still obstacles that he's got to overcome. It's not a sure thing if he gets out there tomorrow and he's, you know, throwing the football around and he's still feeling some discomfort or he can't you know, do things to a degree that Nick Saban and the coaching staff feels like he needs to to be able to execute the offense at a high level, then, you know, it's still possible that he doesn't play. But, you know, the people that we talk to, we trust, and they are pointing in the direction of him being available tomorrow. But that is not a definitive thing. It's just, you know, it's trending in that direction. So that's certainly encouraging news. I think a lot of people had kind of, you know, for the most part, assumed that that was a strong possibility. But just hearing people that are close to him and the program tell us that, you know, if they think that he's probably going to be available tomorrow, I think it's very good news for Alabama and
4: the Clint Lamb joins us right here on the Jay Barker Radio Network from Bama Insider and On3 Sports. You mentioned Hendon Hooker a few minutes ago, uh, this football stat line. I've never seen it. He's 5-0, and obviously, into the season. Every game, two touchdowns, zero picks. I mean, he's good He's good for two touchdowns and zero that. picks every single game. Ten touchdowns and zero picks. Uh, talk a little bit about Jamar Gibbs. Obviously, this kid's been unbelievable the last couple of games. 39 rushes through 360 yards. He's averaging 9.2 yards per carry. And obviously, that game against Arkansas... He went off uh, 70 yards plus twice. Uh, how many times do you like to see him touch the football? Obviously, if you're a Bama fan, you'd like to see him average 10 yards a carry. I don't know if you're going to see this against that Tennessee defense, but how many times do you like to see Jamar Gibbs uh, carry the football, and is he kind of the wild card in this offense right now? Yeah,
7: he's definitely the most consistent playmaker. You know, the <clears throat> with the football in his hands, I mean, obviously Bryce Young <clears throat> is kind of the field general of the offense, and, he, and he's able to – you know, distribute the football in a very effective way, and he can make plays with his legs, and obviously all that's, you know, crucial. You know, we can we saw this past week what can happen when you don't get that from your quarterback. So, obviously, he's the most important player to the offense, but I think from a playmaking perspective and, you know, with the football in his hands, right now that guy's Jameer Gibbs. And, and what's interesting about him is that he, he showed the versatility throughout the year. You know, he started the year off as a guy who was moving around a ton, playing a lot of receiver, lining up a receiver, and he was, you know, catching a lot of uh, passes. You know, he led the team in, in targets, catches, receiving yards. And he was the only player in the entire game for both teams to catch touchdown pass uh, against Texas on the road back in week two. And then, you know, things kind of shifted, though. Because when Bryce Young went down, everything changed as far as Jameer Gibbs' role. You know, he really stopped being that pass catcher, that dynamic pass catcher. And he started being utilized more as, as a traditional running back, running the football. And that's where he really started to show, hey, he is this guy that he was at at Georgia Tech, and he can be that player for Alabama. Uh, I will be curious to see, you know, if if it ends up being Bryce Young tomorrow, uh, with him being inserted back into the lineup, you got to look. A lot of Jameer Gibbs' success has been, you know, uh, in that more traditional running back role with Jalen Milrow as the starting quarterback. And and I think that maybe based off some things that he's shown the coaching staff over the last couple weeks as far as ways they can use him and stuff, I don't really foresee his role going back to the exact same that it was, you know, when Bryce Young was in the lineup, but I will be curious to see how they kind of manage that. And do you see him lining up, you know, a little bit more, you know, spreading him out a little bit because he has been a pretty reliable pass catcher. And Bryce Young, you know, maybe he hadn't had that uh, this year to the same degree that he did last year. You know, I will be curious to see how they, you know, kind of utilize him against a, you know, a good Tennessee run defense. Um, I do think that it – you know, there, there's some, some areas that Alabama can exploit, in my opinion, against that, you know, run defense, even though it's been good and it's been steady. Um, you know, I will be curious to see how Alabama ends up attacking it. But the fact that he can beat you both as a receiver and a runner, fantastic player, Very a lot of suddenness, uh, change of direction skills. Vision has been on point so far this year. I think he's gotten a lot better in pass protection. Um And, you know, just just, he's been everything that Alabama could have hoped for when they brought him in from Georgia Tech.
3: Clint Lamb from BAM Insider and On3.com is with us on the Jay Barker Show. Where is Alabama with wide receivers as far as finding that guy that's a deep threat, a guy that could go over the top? Is it by committee now?
7: That's a great question. Just the receiving group in general, nobody has stepped up and really claimed – that number one role, and I think some of that is, you know, Alabama putting such a big emphasis on taking what the defense gives you, and they're not necessarily going to give you the same things on a weekend-week-out basis. Uh, you know, Devontae Smith, even though I think, you know, at least that one year where he was in a wide receiver room with Waddle and, and, and Ruggs and, and Judy, he ended up still leading the team in receiving yards, and I think a lot of that was through the defense wanting to try to take away some of those other guys because they, they viewed them as more of a threat. Um, and, and Tua to Tungvaloa really grew as far as taking what the defense gave and really reading the defense and knowing where to go with the football more consistently. But, you know, in this offense and stuff, I think Bryce is very effective and very good at that, and it's just leading to, you know, nobody kind of dominating the target share or anything on a week-in, week-out basis. But speaking specifically about the vertical threat, you know, Tyler Harrell, he was back at practice, you know, uh, last week. He's kind of been practicing, he did dress out last week, I think, with the limitations as far as Jalen Milrow and just the fact that, you know, Bill O'Brien tried to dial up a couple of deep shots at various points throughout the game. A couple of them were, you know, strip fumbles, obviously. Uh, you know, some of it was coverage downfield. I think Texas a and has a very good secondary uh, that really blanketed Alabama's receivers as far as, you know, preventing them from getting separation downfield. Um, you know, it was just... For for various reasons, just anytime they called up a deep shot, really there just wasn't anything there, um, and so you really didn't see it a whole lot. And when you've got that going on, and there is so many limitations, and Jalen Milrow has kind of gotten skittish a little bit, and he's not letting things develop downfield, and he's bailing early. If you have a guy in your you know an ace up your sleeve, and like a Tyler Harrell, that would not be a great time to put him out there and, and put that on display because I don't think it's really going to work out for you regardless. So. I don't know if that was the reason that he really didn't play too much last week, or maybe he's still, you know, getting back in the groove of things or whatever the case may be. Uh, I do think that you'll continue to see his, you know, usage and stuff slowly start to creep up kind of like we've seen with Jojo Earl a little bit, even though I think Earl has established himself more and, and is going to be a lot more involved early as he you know, continues to get healthy. But, you know, Harold's a guy that I would point to and then Isaiah Bond I think that Kobe Prentice can win vertically. Both those two guys can win vertically from the slot. Um, You know, so it's really right now until Bryce Young is back, you know, you really don't know uh, exactly what that vertical offense, how it's progressing and stuff. But the the encouraging news is that they started to hit some of those big plays with like a Jermaine Burton and stuff when uh, against Arkansas and against Vanderbilt um, I guess against Arkansas it was the two true freshmen, but against Vanderbilt, Jermaine Burton and, and Bryce finally connected on a, you know, some big plays. So I think that it was moving in the right direction. It's just this injury to Bryce might have slowed things down a little bit. So I'll be, I will be curious to see how that kind of looks tomorrow as well, because the Tennessee secondary is probably the most exploitable part of their defense. Even though you know it's still, I think it's a little bit better than people give it credit for, but it's still probably the most exploitable part of their defense.
6: Clint Lamb, BAM Insider on Three Media, joining us right here on the Jay Barker show it does each and every week. We're breaking down Alabama and Tennessee tomorrow, two thirty 30 and Neyland stadium on CBS. All right. The cheetah package. We saw it a little bit throughout the year. We saw it a lot last week against Texas A&M. What kind of answer would Josh will have for it?
7: Uh, you know, there was a time on, I think it was uh, third and six, which is kind of that borderline, you know, I think third and five, you know, you're not utilizing that cheetah package. Uh, third and six is really kind of the bare minimum in a lot of situations. Uh, but you know it was I think it was third and six and I think A uh, and M decided hey based off of the game and the way things are trending we're definitely going for it on fourth so they did if I if I recall correctly that it's sort, some sort of run play to try to catch that cheetah package off guard because it's really not built to be a run stop unit they picked up three it was fourth and three they ran tempo to where Alabama could not get the, the cheetah package off the field ended up failing on that fourth down attempt. But the point here is that I think that that is something that Jimbo tried to do in that instance where you could catch him off guard with a run game and then also make sure that they stayed on the field in a a fourth and short situation. Obviously you knew that they're probably going to throw the football, but when it's three yards, you know, really they could do either one. And I think that puts strain. I think Alvin would have preferred to have more of his nickel rabbits package out for a fourth and three. Um, but you know, that's the kind of thing that you might see Tennessee try to do. I think it will be difficult if, if Tennessee's having a whole lot of success then you know if it's staying early downs, I don't really see Alabama utilizing it too much. And when you're able to stop them and kind of, you know, you you see a break in play, you know, if they gain one yard, how much tempo are they really going to be running? You know, where they get gained two yards or they have an incomplete pass now it's second and ten. So that might present some opportunities to get that package on the field. But you know, Tennessee and Josh Eiffel, if they can put, you know, any situation out there where they get that package on the field and they kind of keep it out there and they're able to try to run the football because Tennessee a very effective run team. I think that's where maybe you can try to exploit it, even though they got some things they can do as far as, you know, stunts and all that to, you know, try to stop the run game. I don't think it's, you know, a, a complete liability, but it's something that you certainly don't want out there if you can, you know, uh, avoid it as far as in, in run situations. So that would probably be what I would try to do if I was hypo. Um It's just a matter of how often is he able to try to exploit it. And from Alabama's perspective, how often are they able to get it on the field uh, if, you know, what Tennessee's running tempo and having a lot of success. So um, I, I will be curious to see how that ends up working out as well.
10: The All right, last stuff, question. Man, prediction. You.
6: Go ahead. Yeah, last question. Prediction on the game. How do you think it ends up? And uh, your prediction on this Bryce play?
7: You know, I'm going to go ahead and trust the people that I've talked to, and I'm going to say that he does play. Um, and I think that that kind of creates something, you know, a lot different, I will say. Even if Jalen Milrow ends up starting, I still believe that Alabama, you know, can move the football. It depends. I mean, what I really struggle with is with Milrow from a skill set perspective and X's and O's, I think, you know, Alabama's offense could still have quite a bit of success against Tennessee's defense, even with Milrow in there. I just question, you know, if, if he kind of crumbled a little bit and really was the moment was too big for him at home this past week. You really expect him to go in a Neyland Stadium against that with that crowd, you know, helping the defense out and to perform better from a mental perspective and, and able to execute the simple things. I would think that maybe he was just overwhelmed in that first start and he kind of knows what to expect now and he sees some steps steps forward on on that front. I don't really, you know, I couldn't say you definitively, but with Bryce in there, you know, he's cool, he's calm, he's collected, and even if he isn't 100, percent he knows where to go with the football. He's a smart player. I think he'll, you know, avoid. You know, a whole lot of negative plays, and I do think that they'll be able to score. You know, quite a bit. So, I think that it's going to end up being pretty close. Um, you know, if Bryce ends up playing, I could actually see Alabama covering that line, even though it's starting to creep up. I could see them winning by ten points. Uh, really, no problem. I'm saying that they're. I'm guaranteeing that. I'm saying I can see that. Uh, yeah. But I, I would probably say, you know, like a, a 37-27 type of game. If Bryce ends up playing, I think that would be a pretty safe number.
6: All right, my man, Clint. Always great stuff. Thank you so much for your time.
7: Absolutely, guys. I appreciate you guys having me All
6: on. All right. Thank you. And I'll see Clint on the uh, – maybe on the pregame today, but, uh, but definitely on the postgame coming up on Saturday after the game on uh, Bama Insider and On3 Media. We do the postgame show there that you can listen to. Last uh, week it went an hour and 45 minutes. We took calls, and uh, the calls are still coming in. So people really uh, given a lot of insight last week. Tony, what you got coming up on the other side?
4: Someone, uh, Kip Keeper, uh, is out in Las Vegas right now. Someone just put $750,000 on this football game, Alabama, Tennessee. I'll tell you who it is. And they put it on the money line as well. Uh, we'll tell you who that is and where the big money's coming from. It's
3: least there has got to be, right? <laughs> <laughs>
6: All right. We'll be back. Days we'll days wrap up like hour number well two. Stay that.
2: tuned. <laughs> You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Total Wine & More has all your Halloween favorites at totally low prices. Mm
0: scary low price on tequila.
2: Find what you Any ...day
0: with a warm afternoon, the high 84. Sunday, partially sunny, the chance of a few isolated showers by late afternoon, the high 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 76 degrees in Tuscaloosa. <laughs>
6: Alabama Neyland Staling tomorrow against Tennessee at two thirty Central three thirty Eastern time. And uh, leading up to that game, you got the Tide Tailgate Show. Matt, real quick, tell everybody about the Tide Tailgate Show and all that you got going on tomorrow, leading up to this big matchup.
3: Tide Tailgate Show is all about Christian Miller. Man, his insight is absolutely fabulous. Uh, DC and Matt just kind of hang around and listen to what he's got to say. Of course, he's an outstanding edge rusher um, back what five six years ago for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And it will air at 9.30 in the morning on the Bear and uh, Tide 100.9 right there in Tuscaloosa. Jay, thanks for the plug. Uh, speaking I of Bear, uh, go ahead. today's birthday.
4: Oh, yeah. Greg was Evigan really was the truck named, driver, and yeah. his monkey's name was Bear. And do you know where that monkey's name came from? Paul Williams. Paul Bear Bryant. Yep. He sure did. He is had, that who bet the money? He had the money. No, um, Kip Kiefer just texted me a few minutes ago because he knew I was doing the show. He said someone just dropped seven hundred fifty thousand dollars on the Tennessee money line, which is plus two fifty two. Seven hundred fifty grand will pay one point eight nine million dollars, but he also said the line just moved to eight and a half. Let's see, see, Vegas knows what they're doing. It's not always where the money's going, because they know Bama lines are going to— Bama people are always going to bet on Alabama regardless. They could be 25 tomorrow, and they're going to bet Alabama because they're not going to bet against their team. So they're going to probably push it up, but it'll come back down again a little bit. But right now, he said 61% of all the money's going on Tennessee and 65% of the money's going on the under, just in case you're wondering, for entertainment purposes only.
5: So it's not that Vegas has inside information that Bryce Young's playing.
4: No, it's just like, remember when the Patriots were undefeated going into the Super Bowl against the Giants? The lines were like 18, 19, 20. You could not set the lines high enough. You don't ever see that anymore. They just set the lines up because they knew people were going to be piling on. It happened with the Yankees in baseball last season for about a 20-game stretch where the lines were 3, 4, 500. I mean, they were just trying to get people (laughs) off because they knew the Yankees were going to win every game. They're like, please go away. We're getting killed here.
6: Josh uh, Smith, our producer, just sent this to me on this date. In 1985, Joe Namath became the first Jets player to have their jersey retired. That's pretty amazing it's been that long ago, 1985. Uh, how about
3: the, wow. one he sent, the one he sent earlier about Jonah Hill and John Daly? Did y'all see that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a movie on John Daly, and Jonah Hill's going to play.
4: Joe Namath's uh, fur coat retired? <laughs> I don't think I so. hanging somewhere.
6: I don't think so. All right. Hey, thanks to Josh Smith, our producer. Of all things, thanks to Hardy down at Tide 100.9 for producing there at our flagship station, Tide 100.9. And, again, the Tide Togate Show tomorrow starting at 9.30 a.m., so stay tuned for that and uh, a lot more going on. Thanks to Tony Curry, the Tony Curry Radio Network, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. I'm Jay Barker, and thank you for listening each and every day. Have a great uh, weekend. We'll see you again for the Monday edition Jay Barker Show live from AVX.
2: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your
0: personal best, often